Hi everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be telling you all of our thoughts on the brand new documentary series, uh, Into the Unknown, Make Frozen 2. We'll also be talking about our thoughts of the new Muppets Now and Hamilton trailers, talking about some of the other news from the week, including Milan being delayed and Disney Channel shutting down. Um, but before we go into any more detail, just a bit of quick housekeeping. If you haven't already done so, make sure you do subscribe on the audio platforms like Spotify, Apple podcasts etc you can also subscribe on at youtube we've got continue to have um, a large number of people subscribing there so if this is your first episode we do this every week where we have a bit of a chat and we just talk about all the news it's a nice like a long podcast episode and also just a big thank you to all of our patreons and um, really does make all of the difference you can join up with the what's on disney plus club over there from as little as a dollar a month gets you access to exclusive um, content each week. Also, you get early access to our, like, our retro reviews. We'll actually be recording a new episode today about the Black Cauldron, so we'll be talking about that one, and all patrons will have early access to that. And so big thank you to um, Jacob, who is the newest patron. We've also got Sarah, Joshua Gazeppi, also known as Juice, uh, What's on Netflix, Andrew, and Julie. So all of your help really does make a difference in making sure that this podcast can continue. So uh, let's jump into it first, James. Um, what did you think of Into the Unknown, in making Frozen 2? Um, I thought it was really well done. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a, a good entry into uh, the Disney Plus library, but it's not for me. Um, no. as, as you can tell from the name, or perhaps yeah. if you'd actually thought about it, into the name into the unknown the emphasis is on the music i I didn't make the connection until watching the first episode and while i do actually really like the music from frozen and frozen 2 uh making of music it's just not for me at all yeah see um luckily for me i did actually was able to watch the first three episodes i'm in advance so i've been able to i've was able to see them in advance and we had the written reviews up on Monday when the embargo lifted. I did actually plow through all three episodes of the second of the other three. So I have actually watched all six episodes. So um, the far as like the music side of things, it does, it tears off a little bit more as it goes on, as it goes into maybe episodes five and six are much more about the process of that part of making the movie. I think, the first few episodes, it does seem to be very heavily focused on each of the songs as the key key things. And I, it's kind of interesting, you know, I think, where it went on from... There was a, so this is a bit of conflict. I was really surprised in this series of just how little they had done in advance. Um, it all seemed very slapdash. It all seemed very last minute. Lots of, you know, I mean, video game sort of terminology crunch where everyone's working at the last minute. Lots of hours. I was just really, I was not expecting that thing from making this stuff, something I learned. Because I thought a lot of this would have been locked down much earlier. The story and the songs would have been locked down way before they did it. And this is a kind of constant theme through the whole series, really, of them just constantly tweaking and changing and tweaking and changing, tweaking. And the, in some ways, it feels like they've wasted a lot of time kind of having to keep doing stuff over and over again because I just kept changing the story. I don't know if you got the hint of that in that first episode. Now, because I mean, six episodes, we're talking probably nearly about three plus hours of content. So it's quite a lot of time. I'm trying to remember what those first episodes now, were like. The first episode, if you watch just the first episode, like yeah. I did, um, you don't get the impression that it was all that uh, thrown together. I mean, they, they're talking, we've got nine months, which means six months of animation. So we got to get this done. But... Um, 
there wasn't much of the like, oh, we, we, we have problems and we need to fix them. It was more, uh, well, here's Into the Unknown. Here's Indina Menzel singing her part. Here's us putting the, all the parts together with the orchestra. We're going to cry a little bit because it's so emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they briefly go off to the, to the animator who does the, yeah. you know, that slide at the end of the yeah. song where, where yeah. um, Elsa runs out oh, onto yeah. the cliff and slides up the cliff. And originally they were going to, she was going to do like a little skip mm-hmm. jump thing, but it didn't look right. And that, that was like the biggest, uh, oh no, it's not working with the skip jump. Do, do like a slide. Ah, and, right. and that was cool. But then there was nothing about, well, uh, we don't know what the story is. If you watch just yeah. the first episode, they seem like they yeah. know exactly. I think this, I was just trying to remember because obviously, yeah, that one there, if I, that was very simple. It kind of, the story kind of moved on from there. There was a, quite a bit of conflict in the middle of the series where um, the songwriters, they couldn't get, the the main song when she's singing in the fortress of solitude where she can't they hadn't connected up who she actually even was they didn't even know that it was going to be the mother at the time they were trying to work that out you know the little things like that one the comedian the the colored uh that one they didn't even really put much thought into it it was a side character that didn't even have a name and it was only really when the audiences kind of responded to it in the test ones they decided to put more of him in he wasn't really part of it um, yeah, the whole like lullaby going through the whole movie that was all done in the last bit. There was whole chunks of it. Like, you look back on it now, going they had to completely redo the story. I mean, like cut stuff out because it was deemed too. Um, the kids couldn't follow it because it was a bit too um, complex. And there was like you sort of look at it. Obviously, in the in the end, it all kind of worked out. But there was a whole chunk really in the middle where you started going. And, you know, I mean, they would like walk into the meeting and the, and the producer was like, yeah, I don't want the cameras on because they were having a, a, you know, they were cutting scenes and changing. At one point, that song was actually nearly thrown out because they didn't think it was going to work and they had to do some major reshuffles to do it. So there's quite a bit of conflict, but it all kind of came in the middle. I mean, obviously it all worked out in the end, but that kind of, I think, is what kept me going was because there was suddenly a bit more of a, a hook rather than just a, like a, like what you would normally call it, like a featurette kind of, this is, everything is rosy, everything is awesome. It kind of, in the middle, it kind of started getting a little bit more interesting. The last episode was very much just like, here's the premiere, here's the party, we've all had a thing, and there wasn't really much to it. But that, those few middle episodes were a little bit more interesting because there was a little bit of conflict. All right, maybe I'll check them out. Um, I don't think it's something I'll, I'll jump too heavily towards getting, but, you know, slow yeah. afternoon, we'll have to do some, work or something throw it on yeah. on the side um yeah no, I, it is really well put together i do appreciate their willingness to to not make it oh everything was perfect uh here's kirsten bell reading her lines isn't she so happy looking here's josh gad reading mm-hmm. his lines isn't he so happy and all and you know yeah you can do that in a 30 minute puff piece you know, just said mm. this is Frozen too, but you can't do it in a six-episode behind-the-scenes no. look. There was another one a little bit later on where Kirsten Bell she was recording her main song that she sings when she's in the cave and she's lost and she's singing it and she's talking about how you know how she suffered from anxiety and depression and like coming out of it. And you could see it on her. I mean, she's literally in tears. Everyone is in tears watching. And I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm, you know, you could, well, and I'm thinking during the movie, I didn't even notice this song, really. I can't even think of what it sounded. It was like, amid, it's oh, the, this is a big thing for her. And the, the next right thing or something like that. Yeah, that's it. That song? And it's all about, and it's, it's all about, and like, she really, Kirsten, I really, 
kind of gone onto that thing of just like you get up and you do your teeth, you get up and you go to the bathroom, you get up, you get your kids up, you know, that kind of, you just, you're depressed, you're down, you just got to do whatever's right next is the only thing you have to concentrate on. And the way she explained it, it was like, ah, it made so much, I mean, obviously in the movie when it was going on, it's like, okay, but it really helped me actually expand what that song was about. And I thought that one was a good one. I mean, there was kind of there was a little bit of stuff about like Sven with his reindeers and them kind of coming up with this eighties ballad stuff. You know the, how that all came about. And it was again, all of this was just literally maybe in the last nine to ten months. When what really got me was when they put that trailer out. Remember when the first one came out? They hadn't even got the story locked. And because I always thought, well, when the trailer was done, you were pretty much kind of most of that had been sorted, but they had so much left to do and they were just doing it down to the last couple. I mean, I know like editing, they can get down to the last bit, but it was just very much like, oh, oh wow. They really didn't seem to have as much control over where they were going. It seemed, I mean, don't know. I mean, for something that they said they were working on for four to five years ago, and well, why was the story just so, you know, they kept having to do screenings and keep changing. I think because they really did feel the pressure from having Frozen 2 being so big. Yeah, they, and we knew that going into Frozen 2. They, they had to be very careful with it because it is the biggest Disney franchise right now. Uh, Frozen, of course, being a mm. bit of a surprise hit that nobody was really expecting to blow up the way yeah. it was. Um, so th- they had to be very safe with it. Obviously, Frozen 2 couldn't mm. take too many risks. And I think they, they do kind of allude to that a little bit where it's mm. like, no, it, we have to make it good but we can't take the risks that we could, that we could take with the first one. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, if you look at the original frozen, it's very, it's different from the standard Mm -hmm. Disney uh, template that we are using even up at, up to that point, you know, sure. It's got a villain, but it's not really a villain movie. And it's much more about the sisters rather than finding true love and realizing that the people in your family are the starting point for that. And Frozen 2 definitely doesn't have anything like that. It builds on the foundation, but it doesn't go in interesting new directions. It was still a fun movie, yeah. but it definitely lives in the shadow of the first. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny how, I mean, it's, it's coming to the UK, uh, Frozen 2 is only coming to the UK on Disney Plus um, next week on Friday. And I might I'm watch it again. I think I watched it when it came out um, a few months ago when it came onto the US one. And it's just... I, some of the songs kind of, I mean, this documentary kind of rethinked what those some of the songs from it, but it was just like whole aspects to it that I thought was much more, you would have thought that that would have made a lot more sense because like the lullaby, they went back and did at the end because they worked out how, because up to a certain point, they didn't even know who the voice calling her was. That was the things like that, which you start thinking, um, really that was, that seems like such a core fundamental part of the story that they hadn't locked down and they were very much aware that they didn't want that big song when she's in her fortress of solitude to be just um let it you know a let it go sequel um and they were talking about how big it's going to be and i mean i think into the unknown was a much bigger song but um they, i don't think in some ways those songs actually ever really hit that same level that the throat the first movie did no, Into the Unknown was a really good song, but I think honestly the the um the Shame soundtrack stuff. version to yeah. the one done by what, a Panic at the Disco or yeah. or yeah, I think it was them. I that version I think is actually better than the movie version whereas Let It Go was one of those things where up to that point everyone was that 
they would send the radio edit out and you know aladdin um i'll i can show you the world it wasn't sung from the soundtrack it was the the actual like professional singers doing it and i think let it go was the first disney song where like nope the soundtrack version is the one that everyone loves or that sorry the movie yeah, version it was the, um, wasn't demi lovato was she she i think i'll say see that. that's the thing is we we don't even know because it was yeah, the, yeah, it the menzel the version that everyone listens to yeah i think i think as a whole um it was i think it's a really good series i'm hoping we see a lot more of this i really do i think this is a really good idea for um disney plus to do this and um, to move forward on Kind of following how they make these movies, I think is a nice, easy fluff piece. As long, it's like this or into the um, the Mandalorian Disney Gallery one. It's like, on one hand, I like the aspects of the Disney Gallery with the, the podcast sections, but I think the 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 way they followed them, the in terms of how it was a making of, was much better with Into the Unknown. It was more of a traditional style. Um, and then I like I like you know certain aspects to it that they brought into it like they were showing you how they make the noises of the rock monsters with stones and throwing things down and um, you know there was, there was there was a lot more into it as the story went on rather than just focus on the music but I think the music was one of the key things that they were focused on um, I've definitely I mean like I said you need a three hour behind the scenes documentary it was it was quite something. Yeah, and I think this is actually a good thing for more people to see, too, because there are a lot of um, misconceptions about how Hollywood makes movies. And what I know, and I'm, I'm hardly an insider at all compared to a lot of people, yeah. but the making of Frozen 2, based on what you're saying and what I've seen, uh, it's not unusual. The, mm-hmm. This is very common in, yeah. uh, in Hollywood in general. And... A lot of times the difference between having something like Frozen 2 where everything just kind of works out in the end and having something like, say, Black Cauldron where it doesn't, yeah. we'll talk about that in the, yeah. the bonus episode, um, it is often just luck. Mm. Yeah, and I, I, feel, I think it's a really good series. I, I also think it, it was a good idea for them to drop it all at once, let it all just be there, let, give it a bit of room, see how that one goes. Um, I think it's great to be on there. I think there should be more of this. I think they should. It almost feels like, almost uh, like it's not necessarily free publicity, but it, it's like a, almost like they can bolt on an extra bit of content onto the side. You know, Disney movies are always massive things, and I think like between this and Disney Gallery, I feel like I've really had a, that's been a, like a good solid um, addition. I do question whether or not, I mean it feels a bit like. Into the Unknown has dropped now because this is when Frozen 2 should have been dropping, you know, because ultimately it did drop three months early because of COVID. It wasn't supposed to be in March. It was supposed to be now. So it would have been like a companion piece. So um, it's like here in the UK, it's dropped just a week before it hits Disney Plus. So it's kind of all in that line and it's going to get um, UK fans all kind of revved up. Whereas I think with the US, it's kind of that Frozen 2 bubble's kind of gone a little bit. Yeah, Frozen 2 didn't really stick around that long as the huge hit the way Frozen did. Like it, Frozen, we were talking about for, for months and months and months. And Frozen 2, it hit, it hit uh, Disney Plus because of the, the yeah. um, COVID and they needed to get something out there. But it, it d- didn't have the same impact long term. Yeah. 
I mean, long, I, to be honest, it has been in the pretty much been in the top five, top ten after trending every week since it's come on. So it's definitely much popular. I mean, compare this to like Rise of Skywalker or Maleficent or Onward, it's had a lot more staying power than any of those. So there's still a lot of people watching it, and I think this um, series will help boost it. But I think overall, um, I I think I gave it like a four out of five for each episode. Um, I've got three more reviews to do it. Some of them might be a three point five because I think the last episode was a bit soft. But generally. Um, I've really enjoyed the series. Um, I thought it was a good addition. It was nice watching something a little bit different. It's kind of one of those weird things. I feel like TV is starting to get to the point of the stuff was is starting to dry up. It's all starting to, you know, you're sort of sitting there going, oh, it's the same episodes of what I've got. So it was kind of quite nice watching something different. Um, it was a lot more entertaining than the Eurovision movie that was on Netflix that we watched last night. <laughs> I I only became aware of that movie like I think a day before it launched and I just from the stills I didn't even watch the trailer I was looking at like pictures so I was like this this is going to be awful Um, and I haven't even bothered to read reviews so I don't know if I'm right but based on your reaction it sounds like it it, it was um, as my wife would say when she said it was it wasn't great but we have this six. I don't know why, but we've we've always ended up watching like Eurovision every year since I was a kid. So it's awful. It's awful and naff. I don't like it, but it's funny, and you still watch it. It's kind of one of those weird things. But I don't think sometimes, especially like um, especially like Americans, sometimes they don't have Eurovision, so it's you don't really when you watch it. I want you'd watch it such a different way to us because you'd be like, oh, this is really cheesy. It's like, yeah, that is what it's like. But nevertheless, let's move away from um, the Netflix movies now. Let's move on to the next topic. Um, some trailer uh, thoughts. So let's start off with Muppets Now. So the new trailer, this one's going to be dropping on July the 31st. Episodes will be dropping weekly and it'll be a six part series. So this one's, I'm kind of glad this one's weekly, I'll be honest. And um, what did you think of the trailer? I liked the trailer. I thought it was pretty good. I, I liked the little otter that popped in from yeah. the eagle. I don't know if that's a new Muppet or not, but I liked him. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. We didn't really get to see much uh, actual content. It was mostly just Kermit introducing yeah. the show. Uh, and I'm fine with that. I, I think it'll be fun to watch. It's I'm always down for some new Muppets. And yeah, it's been long enough. I, I like their, their take on it. Also, you know, lots of lots of celebrities in there, lots of interaction. We've got like Seth Rogen, you've got RuPaul. Um, yeah, I'm in. This is just going to be nice and easy. I like think I think the unscripted part of it, what it kind of reminds me of here, is whenever Kermit and Miss Piggy ever appear on like a, a daytime show or an evening show, they're always just there doing off the cuff chatting and kind of making j- jokes and stuff. And that's always been so much fun. So it kind of that feels like that episode. That kind of what I've seen of just like them having a bit of fun and reacting to celebrities, like how it used to be back on the OTV show, rather than heavily scripted, worked out so much. And I, I don't know, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I think six episodes, it depends how long these episodes are. I'm hoping 20, 30 minutes a piece, but hopefully it's not just like five minutes a piece. But yeah, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I, I have to agree with that. If they're five minute shorts, like the, the, um, YouTube videos that the Muppets have yeah. been making for the last couple of decades. Uh, I'd be disappointed with that. We, we need something that's at least standard length. I think 22 minutes, 25 minutes, standard television length is good. 44 minutes, you know, the, the hour long yeah. block would be a bit much. Yeah. I'm hoping cause yeah, if it's just, cause you almost feel like if it's, if it is only like five to 10 minute shorts, you know, that's barely one episode really, but um, looking forward to it. Um, definitely 
it's just more Muppets, isn't it? I think you either like the Muppets or you don't like the Muppets. And if you like them, you're going to just like this series. I think it's going to be that simple. It, it definitely gives me the vibes of the Muppets I grew up with and what I like, rather than the movies. And because I always have that thing with the Muppets, I think was like the movies and were so heavily scripted, whereas I just like them just messing about with celebrities. So I think this is it, much more in line with what I think. I like both, but they, they definitely are a different take. Like I love Muppet Treasure Island. I love um, the, their version of Scrooge. Uh, mm. But I do prefer that old Muppet show when they had the, the stars from the seventies coming on there that much more sketch comedy rather than scripted comedy. Uh, I think it does work better. That said, I do like the movies as well. It was funny because a couple of weeks ago for my birthday, my mum put up some pictures and stuff. And there was this one picture of me as a kid on a rocking horse. I was probably only about four or five. And there I am with a Muppet Show t-shirt on. And it was that kind of laughing thing of like, yeah, I'm still walking around with, with Muppet t-shirts. <laughs> All these years later, I'm just going, see, look, even, even as a little little uh, kid, I was still wearing you know, my Spider-Man, Superman, and Muppets t-shirts. So uh, that was pretty cool. So let's move on now to Hamilton. What did you think of the Hamilton trailer? Um, I actually didn't think much, and that's neither a negative nor a yeah. positive. It didn't much impact me at all. Um, it looks like it's really well done. Like the, the camera moves were, were well done and stuff like that. But to be honest, I kind of forgot it to even come out until you put it in the show notes for it. I was like, <laughs> Oh, right. Did I watch that? Wait, did I watch that? Yeah, I watched that. Did <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... It, you know, it's that, coming, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's coming on July 3rd. It's going to be a big thing. There's a lot of excitement about it. I'm the, the trailer was really, like, the first time I've really seen anything. Um, I've heard about it, but I wouldn't be... I don't, I've never heard of one of the songs. I know literally that the guy from that did Moana was in it and for Jimmy Street. That was literally all I knew. It wasn't... I mean, I know I've been, like... Over here, I did. I think it did have a run on on, on the West End, but, and it sold out really quickly. So I'm. I love. I love musicals. I've been to lots of stage things on Broadway and at the West End. Um, so I'm going to watch it. I did say to my wife, I said, you know, we'll watch that one because she likes musicals as well. So this is the only one I'm going to watch. I saw the trailer and was like, hmm. Okay, so we got like like hip hop music in there, and it's old American I mean I don't even I'll be honest Hamilton I don't even know who he is so well, this is a this is a non-American just an English person looking at it I ha I'm going in completely blind that trailer is all I know the trailer didn't really do much for me it just looks like a very high polished uh Broadway presentation and I'm gonna watch it because it's on Disney plus if it was on Netflix I would watch it as well or Amazon you know if they did any of these kind of stage shows we'd probably put it on just to see you know what it is um sometimes with these kind of stage shows the fact that so many people love it says to me that I, I, that's why i want to give it a go much more because there's no way i'm going to go see it on the west end especially with what's going on right now so it'll be a few years beforehand but i've always been intrigued by it but i got no knowledge of it and to be fair most americans don't either that's part of what made hamilton such a surprise hit is his story isn't part of our history books. You might mention him as, you know, one of the founding fathers. He, he wrote up a lot of the early documents, but he gets overshadowed by more famous people like George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin. Uh, so even for Americans, this is not a common name. In fact, uh, before Hamilton came out, we had a, uh, 
I think it was a vote or, or a talk about who we wanted to put on the tw- $20 bill. Might have been the 20 yeah. Um, and nobody knew who Hamilton was, so he lost out. And then after this came out, people were like, oh, wow, we should really do something with Hamilton. It's like, oh. <laughs> but, but no one knows who <laughs> I, he is. I literally, I literally was going, who was on Mount Rushmore? I can't remember who was. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, well. not him. <laughs> um, the only reason I knew who Hamilton was growing up is because uh, Aaron Burr is actually a very distant uh, ancestor of mine like several branches removed we're not yeah. talking a direct line or anything like that but so I knew who Aaron Burr was and by association I knew who Alexander Hamilton was and if you don't know the connection between them I'm assuming you don't over in England I'm not going to spoil it for right. you because I think that's actually part of the show um, yeah. but yeah that, that's the only reason I knew who Hamilton was uh, and most of this we don't cover it in our books yeah yeah, I'm. I am really looking forward to seeing this one. Um, I'm, the trailer didn't. It's kind of set my expectations for what it's going to look like in terms of this like this hybrid format of film and Broadway. And I'm in. I'll give it a go. I'm more than happy to try it out. Um, but I'm. Yeah. So like, hopefully next week we got the internet. Otherwise, I'll be going to work and downloading it on my iPhone to kind of watch it when I get back. Um, it's something I'm interested in. The trailer didn't really blow my socks off but i think this is a different difficult situation because it's either you if you love hamilton you're already in it and the interesting thing that kind of ties in with this one is disney did remove the free trial option from disney plus just over just to, to stop people from kind of jumping in and watching hamilton so they did must have a lot of faith in this drawing people in and bringing extra people in and I think that's a good thing. Um, as far as like the, the free trial disappearing, um, I think it's right now it makes a lot of sense. Um, interestingly enough, I, a lot of people were bringing up going, oh, everybody, it's like Netflix got rid of theirs as well when, it, when the, um, the pandemic started. So the Disney aren't the only ones to have done this. Netflix have done it as well. And I think right now, if, if you don't know what Disney Plus is, there's enough big brand recognition to give it a go. But I think when, when it launches in a new country, it needs to be done. But... Uh, yeah, I've, I, it's just, this really did seem like along the lines of, yeah, you can watch Hamilton, but you're going to have, we want your six ninety nine regardless. Yeah, uh, we talked about it last week, obviously. Yeah. I still think they should have had it, but I also didn't realize that Netflix had gotten rid of theirs. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that till afterwards, but I think, I think Hamilton definitely, they are looking at it as a big draw to get people in. Um, so the trailer did all, it didn't really blowing the socks off but i'm looking forward to watching it next next week anything else you want to add on hamilton uh like you this will be the first exposure to hamilton for a lot of people in fact the trailer was the first exposure it's had a lot of word of mouth but unless you went out and bought the soundtrack which i think is available in Mm. limited release i mean i I don't think i'm not even sure if it's on spotify or anything like that the only way you would have seen anything uh, for Hamilton is actually physically going and seeing it. They have mm. been very good about being like, nope, no video recordings, no trailers. Most of the music uh, is pretty much under wraps. I'm sure you can find it all on YouTube, yeah. but it's not like uh, front and center. Uh, you have to kind of mm. dig for some of them. So a lot of people, this is going to be their first experience with Hamilton. It should be very be interesting. Int- yeah, it should be interesting because usually, like for me, generally, like now with musicals, you kind of either got like I've either got like the Andrew Lloyd Webber stuff, which I kind of grew up with, so I know most of that stuff 
but generally they don't translate very well into movies um <laughs> especially cats i don't know why but gen- like starlight express all those kind of ones they don't translate as well onto tv as they do when you're at stage then you've kind of got i think like the Disney versions, and you've got things like Mary Poppins, Aladdin, you know, you've kind of got that built-in thing with him, and I, I, you know, you love all of that. And then you've got, like, your original ones, and then you've even got some way, like, your musical things, where you've got things like uh, the Mamma Mia, Jersey Boys, things like that, where they are using very well-known songs to be doing it. So Hamilton, I'm coming in, completely fresh, just with the kind of, I, don't, I wouldn't even say it's kind of, like, online with, for me, with, like, with Wicked, where I didn't really know much going into other than seeing the, the original movie but even that was had some kind of other story this is t- so fresh completely new can't wait to see what it is like really yep and i think that's that's the case for just about everyone um mm-hmm. hamilton is a big figure but his story has been buried so uh at the very least more people will know about hamilton uh alexander yes. hamilton following this Okay, moving on from there, let's talk now about some more European launch. So Disney has confirmed that on September the 15th, Disney Plus will be walk, uh, launching in eight markets across Western and Northern Europe, including Portugal, Norway, Denmark, Sweden, Finland, Iceland, Belgium, and Luxembourg. It'll be priced at 6.99 euros, um, the same as every other place. Uh, it'll be 69 uh, Norwegian krone, 69, oh, sorry, 689 Norwegian krone for a year. 69 Swedish uh, krone per month or 689 Swedish krone for the whole year's account or 59 Dutch krone or 589 uh, Dutch krone for the whole year. So very similar prices to what's already been going. Again, just great news for Europe to kind of get a little bit more launched side of things. It's kind of... Again, a lot of people that are in other countries that these one announcers are asking when it's coming, things like I know, like Poland and stuff have been asking. Hopefully, we'll get some more line of what's going on. But it does seem like this just drip feed effect of getting these Disney Plus out in different countries. And yeah, another eight countries joining in in well, eight, ten weeks, something like that. So hopefully, we'll start finding out soon about Latin America and Asia. But always good to have more people joining in on Disney Plus. Absolutely. I'm, I look forward to them getting to enjoy the stuff that we have already enjoyed uh, unless they, you know, took other means to view it, which probably many of them have, but yeah, you know, for a lot of them, I'm hoping that the, at least the subtitle tracks are available in their native languages. I think some dub tracks as well. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been sitting through the, uh, the credits screens on all the, these shows and those nations or those, those languages are already popping up in there. I remember talking about was the, uh, not the spark shorts, but the that yeah. collection of like fourteen. Oh yeah, yeah. Where where the short was two minutes long, but the credits were seven minutes because yeah. they had to do every single uh, country that was in them. So it doesn't seem as bad lately. I don't know if they've changed some of the settings around or something, but it doesn't. They, they seem probably as... had to have changed something. They, it's yeah, a bit long. They they were, they were very long. <laughs> um, also, just another quick thing that's been happening: uh, Disney seems to be going through and reorganizing the cha- um, a number of the episodes of the, there's loads of different seasons. I've got episodes all in the wrong order. Um, one of the Swampy from Phileas and Ferb had said that they were working on it, taking a lot longer than they were expecting. They have just fixed all the Ducktales episodes from the 2017 show, so they are going through 
fixing all these things. seems like uh, there was a lot more going on behind the scenes for them to fix it, but they look like they've maybe fixed it now, and now they're just going to roll it out for all the different shows, and we should hopefully be finding out about them soon enough. Um, one of those things, you, you don't really, if you're new to a series, you, or if you've seen it before, you might not know, but sometimes it doesn't make sense when, when, it, when it happens. I don't know how it happened so badly. Right, and and the impression would be, you know, it's probably just a database entry and you just need to change, yeah. you know, one field for the sort order. Uh, the fact that it's been this hard for them to get it fixed, I mean, not just that, but also mm -hmm. the Simpsons aspect ratio, we talked yeah. about that a couple of weeks ago, um, suggests that there is a very complicated back end uh, running this because mm -hmm. it does seem like it should be an easy fix. You just go, okay, just move that episode to that position. Uh, yeah, you kind of felt like, well, you just rename this episode, this one, to the right, to the off. You then rename the other episode to the right one and change that one back, and then it's all good. But yeah, it's obviously nowhere near as simple as doing that. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it, it's yeah, it's not as easy as it should be. It's very easy to to armchair, um, yeah. you know, uh, armchair coach. Yeah, <laughs> but not so much. Uh, yeah, I would so kind of like to take a look at that. Just they, they would never let me take yeah. a look at it, but just because it's very similar to kind of things that I do. Um, yeah. I'd be interested to see what their infrastructure yeah. look like. So moving on from there, some other news um, internationally. So first off in the UK, Disney has been revealed that the Disney Channel, Disney Junior and Disney XD channels will be closing down on the 30th of September. And so from the 1st of October, they will no longer be available. In the UK, Disney Plus will be the exclusive home for all Disney Channel content over here. This will be very similar to what's already happened in Australia, New Zealand, and also some other countries in Europe and like Singapore, etc. where Disney Plus is pretty much just replacing it. They tried to do a last minute deal with Sky and Virgin and also I think and BT, but they weren't mentioned. And yeah, the channels are done. They have got a few more months left. And this is just kind of, this, whenever these stories come out, there's always that kind of, that gut feeling from a lot of people like, you know, Americans looking, they go, no, it's happening. It's happening more and more. It's and the, what gets me is about people. No, that's my childhood. You can't delete it. Like, well, how, when did you last watch it? <laughs> it's like, if you haven't watched this channel in 20 years, it can't just stay there indefinitely. And, but it just shows to me that kids are just not watching TV in the same way. And these channels aren't working the same way that they used to. Also maybe what Disney wanted to get from them, Sky didn't want to pay. Apparently it doesn't affect National Geographic or the Fox channels. But yeah, these, I mean, they've already removed those cha the channels from the kids' plat from the kids' uh, package. But just a really now just a like knock-on effect of all these Disney channels just closing around the world. Yeah, uh, not really a surprise. Um, we, we've no not known specific dates, but we've always known this is coming. It's and it's not directly connected to Disney Plus. It's just in general, people aren't watching TV as much as they used to. And if they are watching TV, uh, it's generally more adult-oriented programming stuff that you know mm. pops on on HBO at ten o'clock at night or or um, long-form storytelling. I mean, say like The Blacklist, things like mm. that. Uh, yeah. which is where, in halfway through season two we have we recently oh yeah, started watching that in lockdown um, <laughs> I've, wa I've watched maybe a handful of episodes from season one like several years ago yeah, yeah no we've it's i think it's this kind of thing really of just a uh, continuing trend of on-demand platforms are changing net 
Disney are still saying they're committed to traditional television. It seems like at the minute they're really kind of, they obviously still want their cake and they want to eat it, but things are changing so fast and people are unsubscribing from their work. Ironically, we are actually just getting satellite installed next week because being a cord cutter for two years, we've realized how much um, when your internet starts playing up, how you it starts buffering and you're just like, nah, I'm just going to, we need something better than this. This is, um, it's all right for some of it, but I don't like being completely dependent on internet for everything. And I can see why they're getting rid of it. I can see why this is happening around the world. The only good thing I think might happen to it for Disney Plus in terms of the UK, we might start seeing what's happened in Australia and New Zealand where we start getting half season drops of like new shows like Tots, for example, has been dropping half seasons. Things have been arriving on them much quicker, like Zombies 2 was on there within maybe like six weeks of the US release, whereas they hadn't dropped anywhere else. And ultimately, I think this is going to start happening more and more. And I think Disney are going to start prioritizing, you know, something now Disney Channel is like, well, we haven't got all these net networks to run. I mean, I still think what's going to happen is they will end up selling shows to like the BBC and ITV, and they'll have them on on their Saturday morning cartoon network things, where they're going to be done on a case-by-case basis with no exclusivity. But yeah, I mean, all the Disney Channel stuff now, within a few months, will only be available on Disney Plus in the UK. And it's kind of interesting to see how this is all, it seems to just be speeding up. Yeah, it's definitely speeding up. I don't know how much of that might be the virus, how much of it might just be the planning behind mm-hmm. Disney Plus. But yeah, uh, we're, we're starting to see all these uh, television channels just disappear. And honestly, that was it was never really sustainable to begin with, but it did have a nice golden era uh, in the early 2000s where we had like 2,500 television oh. channels and all that. I mean, stuff. literally, I mean, it was, it was not so much even that, but you just, everything was on, you know, you just had plus one and then you had an extra channel plus, plus one, plus one and a half channels of, of these like time loops because obviously, but now, I mean, our new box is coming in. It's got four satellite feeds. So you can just record stuff. It can also download. It's got Disney plus built into this box as well. And it's kind of got everything all in one big thing. And you can just see how even on that, you don't necessarily be like, oh, well, I'm going to sit there and watch the show at that time. You can download it onto your box and all the rest of it. And I think it was quite funny because it was like this morning as a prime example. I was just flicking through the channels and Disney Nature's Born Born in China just popped up on BBC Two. It was just kicking off live. So they're still going to be licensing these things out to networks. It's just nothing is going to be that exclusive or last around very long. Yeah, it, it's not like they're going to disappear. It's not like TV is just going to up and disappear, but everything's going to get consolidated. Mm. But yeah, so definitely a big move there for the UK. So moving on from there, um, another big move. Unfortunately, these issues going on with the coronavirus and cinemas is continuing to have an impact. Mulan has been once again delayed. It's no longer going to be coming out in July. It's going to be coming out in August. Let me just bring up the release date again. The 15th. Uh, the 21st is dropping 21st, in. Uh, yeah. So um, I think that's Tenant, I think, got moved to the 15th, I think. Um, again, Tenant was going to go first, followed by Milan. That's now shifted back. That's why they moved, um, I think they moved Wonder Woman back to get Tenant in. And I think that's what they did with the one and only Ivan. I think, I think they basically, t- I think that's taken that slot. Um, whether or not it hits, I mean, I don't know. I mean, how long Disney can keep pushing this back with California and New York completely out of play now for cinemas for a, a lot longer because they all those replans for reopening got cancelled. 
We also, China has been, hasn't reopened. Our UK cinemas are supposed to be reopening this coming week. However, all they're doing is doing loads of showings of old movies because Disney have put in loads of movies that the uh, cinemas can run. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's, I, obviously with what's going on right now in America with the numbers going, flying back up to where they were sort of almost pre-lockdown lo- mode, it's, I don't think it's, I think this year is, I don't think it's going to recover. Yeah. Uh, America is kind of in a bad spot right now in, in regards to COVID and it's going to be a long time. I'd be surprised if they hit the August dates, honestly. Um, they will just have to release it at some point, um, but it's not going to come directly to Disney Plus either way. They're going to try and make some money off of it one way or another. There's still a chance it'll actually, the chance gets better every day. I think that they're just going to go straight to video on demand, um, release it through Amazon, um, your, your local provider, stuff like that. Uh, you know, not, not free at a price, like $20 to view yeah. or $30 to buy, or, or I don't know what the price would be, but I, uh, I think they're going to do the both. I think Mulan will be one of those movies that gets both at the roughly very, very similar along the lines of, you know, they might turn around to cinemas and go, look, you can have it, but ultimately half the cinemas in the world aren't open. You can't have exclusivity or, or something like that. The thing is Universal have been making a very big, impact on the digital charts they have been releasing things digitally they currently have like six or seven out of the top 10 movies they are clawing in the money because they're the only ones really kind of going you want movies yeah here's some new ones because filming is all kind of starting to fly back up and get moving again so i don't the movies are going to start flowing soon so they can still make stuff they might make it a bit differently and a bit slowly but this big back catalog of stuff eventually they're going to have to start pulling um some money and disney are going to want some money from it um, so pushing land back, um, I don't know. It's just really strange. I think it's definitely pushed the fact that they keep pushing us from back, and they're very much very saying, you know, we we believe in the theatre system, believe in the system and how it works. It's like you might believe in it, but will people be going back? Because you know, I don't know what it's like out there right now in the US. But if this thing flies back up now higher than it was before, um, consumer. I mean, we're now over here kind of using America as kind of almost like, look, this is what happens when you, for- when you forget about it. And our cinemas are all opening up and there's a load of people at the beach the other day and there's a load of people like going, because if you're not doing the systems and all the rest of it, this is what's going to happen. And they, I, the fact that these movies keep getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back, there's only going to be so much they can keep pushing back until they go, right, well, we're actually bumping into ourselves, you know, with other movies because... You know, November's not that far away now for like Soul and Black Panther and stuff, and also Black Widow. Oh, they they're not coming out in November. I don't. They they haven't officially announced it, and they won't for a while. But I would bet that they're going to get pushed back too. Also, they they're going to start running up against the problem that uh, even if they want to release in theaters, there might not be any theaters left. Um, yeah. Obviously, there'll be. It, it won't be a total erasure, but a lot of the the major companies are already saying, you know, if we don't open up by blank time, we're probably never opening. I know AMC, which is one of the biggest chains here in the States, uh, they, they're, they're keeping as quiet as they can. But if you read the press releases, the, they are very much in the like, we might not survive this. Uh, which one is the one that had a major problem with Universal? Was that AMC. AMC? 
Yeah. See, I think they own the Odeon over here because there's a few, and I think like some of, there's a few different, we've got different brands over here, but I think some of them are owned. Um, and I do think, yeah, like July now, there is nothing really there to get people in. I mean, they might be showing, you know, it's like they want to do like the four, a 4K version of the Empire Strikes Back. And you're like, that's not going to pull me in. That's, you know, I know some people, it'd be some money coming in, but they're not going to pull in a lot of people to get in there. You know, the whole idea of sitting in somewhere, I'm just going to wait. I mean, it's like Mulan. I will just wait till video on demand. I'll, if it came out for a £20 premium rental, I will I will do it because I'm, I really want to see it and it would cost me eight ten quid to um go cinema anyway by the time i and by the time you buy parking and park and stuff it would have been like around 10 pounds so it was like if it's around 15 quid i might pull the trigger and just rent it but i'm not gonna go to cinema right now i just doesn't appear i mean just going shopping this morning in some of the stores and stuff it's like i'm walking around with a broom literally <laughs> you only get back <laughs> um and then it's like yeah i i feel like this whole thing of pushing on to Disney Plus. Disney are all right right now because they've got the one and only Ivan dropping in August. They've also got Hamilton in July and they've got Secret uh, Society of the Second Born Royals in uh, September. And then you've got uh, was it Mandalorian season two. So they've got the movies, I think, to shift stuff around a little bit. But yeah, Mulan is not going to be a Disney Plus exclusive. I still think it's... The trouble is they keep pushing that back. That's going to start impacting on Disney Plus because they're losing when they're supposed to be coming on. Yeah, I, but ultimately I think Disney Plus is the safest one out of all yeah. of this because uh, it's already got the content and it's already picked up the subscriber base. Um, yeah, the 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 weak point of the link right now is the theater chains, and we'll. I don't want them to disappear. I have lots of fond memories of of theaters, stuff like that, but it's going to be really tough for them to pick up out of this. Now, keeping in mind, of course, Hugh and I were both like, no, I'm, I'm not going into the theaters. Yeah. I'm not bothering. There are still a lot of people out there, not just Americans, although we yeah. do tend to be more vocal about it, but a lot of people out there are just like, I want to leave the house and I want to do something. I want yeah. some relative normalcy. And a theater is a very uh, easy target for, mm. all right, I'm going to sit over here in the corner. Uh, they will be like, seven chairs all around me that no one else can sit in. So I, I have some illusion of safety. So there are people who will go and just be, think, I need to do something. I think, that's the thing of wearing, I think, I mean, over here, we haven't, they haven't mandated that you have to wear it, but I know in the U S now you're going to have to wear a mask. I would not want to sit in a cinema with a mask on and else, how do you eat your candy? Um, I, and they're also in the dark people, what are they going to start, start shining lights that people kind of go and put your mask on? I don't know. It's just, there, and it's also the long-term effect of, it's like, for example, over here, like universities are not going to be going back in September. They are, I think most of them are going to be doing like online for a year. So suddenly then like the uh, like nearest to me, like the big, it's a uni university city. When you take all the students out that would normally be going to that cinema, they're not going to be there. Um, the movies are going to obviously going to be delayed and stuff. So it's like this long-term effect of all the screens that are in my nearest city, will they need them all you know we've got a cinema here in my coastal town i want it i want it to survive i i love you know i've always always been generally popping down there and watching movies here and there for all the Dis different disney ones but how, can it so how long can it survive without an income um luckily over here we they have got a little bit of help for the, the staff and stuff that will probably keep them going till october so that will kind of keep maybe the uk one running a little bit longer but yeah it's definitely a, a very weird situation
Yeah, uh, unprecedented, really. Yeah. I mean, and we're all just kind of figuring it out as we go. Yeah. So there we go. So that um, pretty much is going to wrap up this week's episode. Like, so there's quite a few things. Have you watched anything else on Disney Plus this week? Uh, Black Cauldron, but we're not going to talk about that in this no. episode. That that'll be the bonus episode. Yeah. Uh, well, I think between that, also kind of carried on with a few more episodes of Primeval Survivor, and a few more episodes of. Uh, at Gravity Falls and stuff. But yeah, it's just been, it's been a very busy week. But So nevertheless, let us know in the comments below um, what you guys think of Into the Unknown and also if you are going to be planning on going and seeing me loud when it comes out into those, love to hear your thoughts on that as well. Um, let us, again, go check us out on the different uh, face, sorry, on different social medias, tw- Facebook, Twitter, etc, etc. Find us over at whatsondisneyplus.com and uh, bookmark it, keep up all the information and subscribe on YouTube and the audio platforms. And again, a big thank you to all of our patrons. And you can help the podcast by joining there. And like I said, you do get access to exclusive content. On that note, guys, thank you very much for watching and I shall see you guys in another episode. Laters. Later. Later.